Welcome to the Get More Business Show, the cure for makeshift marketing. I'm your host, Melody Campbell, and on this weekly podcast, we'll cover the latest online marketing strategies and tactics that work for the local brick-and-mortar business today. Whether you have a new or established business, this weekly podcast will provide a plain English explanation and application for the local business owner. The Get More Business Show is brought to you by TheSmallBusinessGuru.com, a full-service digital marketing agency. Weekly episodes with show notes can be found at TheSmallBusinessGuru.com forward slash podcast. And my strong and mighty entrepreneur friends, this is Melody Campbell, The Small Business Guru. What's a guru? I am your guide to get more business. Yeah, and if you're listening to this podcast, there's a really good chance that somebody told you that I might be sharing some valuable information that you can take action on all by yourself today to help you get more business. And that's exactly, exactly what I intend on doing. Okay, so what we're going to talk about in this episode is the first fundamental. I have five key fundamental metrics that is the primary um, aspects of your business growth. So I believe that business growth is as simple as a math equation. A plus B equals X. X is what your goal is. You want to do $100,000 in business. You want to grow your business to a million-dollar business. It's a number. It's where you want to get to with your business. Maybe you want to make your first sale. It's going to work whether it's your first dollar or your first million or your first 100 million. You're going to start with A plus B. Your A side are the metrics or all the math things about your business. And for the purposes of how I describe this process, it's five things. So um, it is whose uh, problem are you solving? That's who your market is. And you may have multiple markets that you connect with but you want to create an ideal marketing persona or an ideal customer avatar for each customer okay we're going to talk a little bit about this today but the rest of the five fundamental metrics you want to know whose problem you're solving where are you engaging and connecting with your market so that might be offline networking meetings and so forth it might be online social media but you have to know where they're at not bringing them there they're already there you're just going to go connect with them there and then you're going to offer value ahead of time we'll talk about that in a future episode it's one of my favorites and then you're going to make an offer so but by knowing who your market is knowing where they hang out and meeting with them there and providing them value ahead of time you build trust so that when you make an offer, you might turn their head and get their attention and get some of your tribe to say, yes, I'm ready. And then finally, it's the delivery. It's how you deliver on your product or service so that you get those great reviews and so that your customers tell everyone they know about your product or service. So those are the five fundamental metrics on the A side. Now the B side, just to cover this lightly, it's what happens in your mind. 
So you might say, well, you know, I don't have enough time to identify my market. I'm just going to market to everybody so that somebody says yes. You are going to work way too hard if you're marketing to everybody. You want to market to somebody who is going to be the most likely to have the problem that you have a solution for. They're going to have the desires that you can meet and you've identified them. So stop telling yourself you don't have the time. You might tell yourself that it's too hard. You don't have enough education. You're not smart enough. You might be telling yourself that you can't do it without staff and it's going to be way too hard to have staff because who wants to have the headache of managing employees? That's all just stuff that's happening in your mind. It's just a thought. It's not necessarily facts. Because let me tell you, if you're telling yourself that it's too hard to do your grow your business beyond where it's at now because you couldn't possibly manage employees. In fact, you probably couldn't even find good employees. If other people are doing it, then you can too. Okay, so that's the mind side. And in other episodes, I will talk about what we do. We, we edit ourselves right out of taking action, and that's not productive. So if you can manage the thoughts and emotions that are going on inside of you as a human being or that's going on inside of your team maybe because you're going to have to manage that. The more people you have working with you, you want to build a culture and that speaks to the thoughts and feelings that everybody in the organization is having about your products and your services and your customers and the delivery. If you can manage that, then you need to focus on the five fundamental metric areas which is market, who, who that market is, where you're connecting with your market, offering value ahead of time, so that with that tribe you can make an offer and a percentage of them will say yes, and then perfecting on your delivery. That's it. It's that simple. Now, yes, you do need to think about having a website, getting on social media, should you have a YouTube channel, should you have a podcast, all of that is part of it, but when you focus on those five areas, it makes managing all those other details a lot more manageable. It even makes your mind and emotions a lot more manageable when you focus on those five fundamental metrics. And today, we are going to talk about fundamental number one, whose problem are you solving? Now, there's a lot of experts I guess self-proclaimed experts and maybe they have lots of great um maybe a great reputation excuse me a great reputation on uh the, the way they help customers identify their market but one of my favorites is um let me pull this up here I want to make sure I'm saying all this right I'm going to talk about his his book um here we go one of my favorites is a New York Times best-selling author Donald Miller he has a book out that's called, whoops, it almost started playing. I have an audible. Um, it's called um, Building a Story Brand, Clarifying Your Message So Customers Will Listen. Now, this, you got to get this book. So you can go on Amazon. You can get uh, a hard copy. I don't know if it comes in paperback, probably paperback, uh, a Kindle. So you can have it. You can read it on a mobile device. You can get it as an audio book. But get it. Get it in as many forms as you think you need it in, but get it. Because this process, he, he breaks it down really simple. I, I love things that are broken down into, you know, a few simple steps. And that if I focus on the steps, that all the hundreds, maybe even thousands of details kind of fall in line under this 
you know, a few steps, and it makes it so much easier. It takes me out of confusion and overwhelm, and that's exactly what Donald Miller has done with his book and his message on building a story brand. Uh, he talks about clarifying your message so your customers will listen, and that's what I call the head turning marketing message. It's like if you're in a room, and like what my B&I meeting, I mentioned this on the last episode, two of us in there are named Melody, and when anybody says the name Melody, both of us turn our heads, and I, you know, I don't necessarily pay attention to what she's doing, but I always turn my head like, of course they're talking to me. They said my name. Well, they might not be talking to me, they might be talking to her. But that's, the, that's what you want to happen, so when you say your marketing message, your customer goes, oh, me? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, tell me more. And this is, he, he breaks it down into the seven elements of great storytelling to grow your business. Now, I don't know if it's human nature or if it's culture. I suspect it's human nature because we've been telling stories since the beginning of time. And that's how we have passed on our history, by telling stories. And we are all, we are all suckers for a good story. And he talks about what are the seven elements of great storytelling. So these are stories that people will listen to and not ignore. And so again, get the book. It's on. It's a. You can get a paperback, Kindle, Audible. Get it. Donald Miller, Building the Story Brand. Okay. So my number one fundamental is whose problem are you solving? We're going to talk. I'm going to go straight to his book that I have on Kindle, and we're going to. I'm going to. I'm going to set you up with these. Um, with, with these seven elements that make a great story. So, and I don't know what page it's on. Let me see if I can find out which page. It's on page 56. At least it is on my Kindle. Story in a nutshell. I'm going to read this to you just to set us up for this formula. So this is Donald from directly from Donald Miller's book. Here is nearly every story you see or hear in a nutshell. So here's the formula. A character who wants something encounters a problem before they can get it. At the peak of their despair, a guide steps into their lives and gives them a plan and calls them to action. The action helps them avoid failure and ends in success. That's really it. You'll see some form of this structure in nearly every movie you watch from here on out, and might I add, in books as well. So these seven basic plot points are like chords of music in the sense that you can use them to create an infinite variety of narrative expression. So just like playing a guitar, with these seven chords you can create any number of songs. Varying too far from these chords, however, means you might risk descending into just noise. And then people begin to tune you out. I added that last piece. So let's look at how the simple framework the, how the simple framework plays out in a couple of familiar stories. Once you can recognize the framework in stories, you'll start to understand exactly where the story of your brand is confusing customers by not sticking to the formula. And I'm going to just interject here. This is not Donald Miller's words. This is mine. We often make ourselves the hero instead of the guide, and that creates noise and people start to tune us out because they will take interest in they will take action in their own interest and in each of our own minds we are the hero 
we are the central character. I mean, it's true in my mind. It's true in your mind. Whether we want to admit it or not, it all, the world revolves around us, even if we're the consummate giver. You know, if we're always, you know, we've got the servant's heart and we're always giving. We're, we're the selfless hero that is always giving. But we're the center of our own universe. It's just how our brain works. Okay, so here in the first story is The Hunger Games. Katniss Everdeen must complete must compete in a twisted fight to the death tournament forced upon the people of uh, Panem by an evil, tyrannical government called the Capitol. The problem she faces is obvious. She must kill or be killed. Katniss is overwhelmed, underprepared, and outnumbered. Along comes Hamish, the brash, liquor-loving, grizzled winner of a previous Hunger Game tournament. Hamish assumes the role of Katniss's mentor, helping her hatch a plan to win over the public. This gains Katniss more sponsors, thereby equipping her with more resources for the fight and increasing her chances of winning. Here is the first Hunger Games story laid out on the story brand grid. Now, of course, in the book, it's all laid out for you with a visual aid with icons. But first, there's Katniss. And then the external um, conflict is she has to survive. Her internal conflict is she must stay good and authentic. Her philosophical challenge is tyranny versus democracy. So the capital, they're, they're the tyrants, and democracy would give the power back to her and the people, right? Well, she meets Hamish, and he's won previous Hunger Games, so he might know what she should do to win. So he comes along as the guide. And he instructs Katniss that she needs to endear the public to get sponsors because then she gets resources to help her fight. Katniss goes and competes. And she has the opportunity to win or lose. If she loses, Katniss, if she dies, District 12 is crushed. If Katniss, Katniss lives, District 12 rejoices. So let's look at another story. In Star Wars A New Hope, our reluctant hero, Luke Skywalker, experiences a devastating tragedy. His aunt, his aunt and uncle are murdered at the hands of the evil empire. This sets a series of events in motion. Luke begins the journey of becoming a Jedi Knight and destroys the Empire's battle station, the Death Star, which allows the rebellion to live and fight another day. Enter a guide, Obi-Wan Kenobi, a former Jedi Knight who once trained Luke's father. So here's how the story lays out. And again, in the book, it's laid out with graphics and icons so that it visually helps to make sense. So get the get at the very least get the um, get the Kindle version along with the Audible. So there's Luke, and externally his challenge he must defeat the Empire. Internally, is he a Jedi? And if he is, how does he be, how does he become a Jedi Knight? Does he have the goods? And then philosophical, the challenge is good versus evil. He meets Obi Wan Kenobi, who's lived his life as a Jedi and become a Jedi Knight. In fact, he's a Jedi trainer. Obi-Wan teaches Luke to trust the Force. 
and learn how to operate that within him. So Luke goes to defeat the empire. And the pivotal point is that if Luke loses, the, the rebellion, his people, his team, is crushed. But if he wins, the rebellion uh, avoids defeat and they live to fight another day. That is the plot of every great story. So whether it be in book or in movie or in the story of your business, that's it. So um, yesterday I met with uh, a young woman that has a bookkeeping company, and she's a new member of our BNI group. And she was asking me um, how does she create her social media presence. This was the first thing I laid out for her. Now, I'm going to embellish on this just a little bit. I'm not going to talk about all her specific details. But if I was sitting in front of her now, this the conversation might go something like this. So she does bookkeeping, and she uses, I believe it's QuickBooks, and she, um, she also does payroll. And some of the important um, benefits and features of what she does is she helps, first of all, she helps to keep up on the book, so keep everything up to date on an ongoing basis. She helps clients to make sure that all of their transactions are coded properly so that they get the proper deduction and so that they don't get penalties from the IRS. She helps their um, their paperwork with the IRS to get filed on time to avoid penalties and to keep their business running profitably. So she can uh, also provide the business owner with profit and loss statements and show them how their business is growing or maybe how their maybe an aspect of their business is producing less of an income and she can alert the business owner to all that kind of information because all those metrics is where all that beautiful business um, you know, growth or failure where you can find all that. You can find the patterns and correct them and grow the business from all those beautiful metrics that come out of your bookkeeping. So if you're not, if you don't have a bookkeeper, you might be killing your own business because you have nothing to look at to provide you with the knowledge you need to build your business. So if we look at the building a story brand, if we look at the seven elements of a great story, the story that my friend and fellow business networker is going to tell in different areas. So she might do a 55-second version of this that she would share as she stands up at a BNI networking meeting. So that would be about the length, maybe slightly longer, about the length of an elevator pitch. So if somebody asks her, what is it that you do? This is something that she could share in that instance. But then as she's going out on social media and she's creating a daily message five days a week on you know on business days, she has a a path or a strategy by which to share what she can do for the business owners. Okay? So this is I'm going to give you the brief overview and then we're going to talk about we're going to take it a little deeper and we're going to talk about some of the milestones that a business owner might experience and how she can overlay this basic strategy into each of those milestones. So we've got this young woman, and I'm going to give her a name that's not hers just because I don't want to call her out on this podcast. 
but we're just going to call her Sue, okay? So we've got Sue. She's a bookkeeper. And actually, she has a customer. And her customer's name is, let's say, John. So Sue is the guide. John is her customer. So John is the hero. John has a business, and he needs to keep track of all the income that's coming in from his business and all the transactions and expenses that he does on behalf of his business to either conduct business or grow his business. And so let's say, let's say John is a contractor. But in John's case, John is busy out there with hammer and nails and screwdrivers and saws and staple guns and whatever a contractor uses. He's out there doing the contracting. He's out there building the buildings and, you know, putting new decks on houses or building fences. That's all the stuff that he does. But his wife, Jane, because she's his wife, and that's her only credentials, is the bookkeeper. Because he's like, hey, Jane, I want to start a business. I think I want to go out and I want to be a contractor and I'm going to do I'm going to I'm going to I'm, I'm going to do remodels and and build decks and fences for people. Jane says, "What a great idea, honey. I hope that's going to make us the money that we need to pay our bills." And John says, "Well, of course it will because I'm so good at what I do. Um but we're going to need a bookkeeper. That's your job." Oh, great. I'm going to have to keep track of all the money we make and all the expenses that we have, and I'm going to be expected to navigate the uh, tax law to understand whether or not I can write these things off and how to do it so that we don't have to pay as much in taxes. Well, you know, in the beginning, she might be super motivated and set up QuickBooks the best she can, or she might just throw her hands up and say, you know what, I'm just going to file, you know, we have an invoice, and I'll put it in the invoice file. And we have, uh, you know, maybe John remembers to bring home a receipt when he buys a new hammer, and I'll put that in another file. And I'm just going to let the tax guy take care of it at the end of the year. And at the end of the year, the CPA gets um, a couple of files and a shoebox full of receipts, and that's how they do their taxes. Well, the CPA says, you know, <laughs> if you if – you, entered all of these all of this income and all of these receipts into QuickBooks or some other software like that I could help you identify if you needed to spend some money before the end of the year maybe to grow your business so that you didn't have to give this money to the IRS or maybe I could identify that you're not charging enough to your customers and your expenses are exceeding your income and that's why you're struggling to grow your business. But they have no way of knowing that because Jane is maybe not putting it in QuickBooks. So you understand the dilemma. The dilemma is that she needs to keep track of all this information in order for them to make decisions about growing their business. Well, internally, she might be conflicted thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know how to learn. I don't have time. I'm raising kids. I'm getting them to school, and I'm taking them to soccer practice, and I'm taking to swim lessons. Where am I going to find time to do bookkeeping? I really don't want to be up until 2 o'clock in the morning doing bookkeeping, so I'm just going to make these files. And the philosophical is I want to be a good mom, and I want to be a good 
wife and support my husband in his business, but how can I get all this done? Well, then somebody invites her to a BNI networking meeting, and she meets Sue. Sue has a bookkeeping business, and she knows how frustrating it can be for contractors to start their own business and keep track of all that information, especially if they don't know what they're doing. So she could do one of two things. She might, the guidance that she gives, that Sue gives to Jane might be, let me help you set up QuickBooks and give you some instructions on how to add the income and the expenses and how to code it because there's going to be a lot of repetitive income and a lot of repetitive expenses in that business. So Sue could give Jane some guidelines on how to put everything into QuickBooks once it's set up properly. And then she might meet with Sue, you know, once a month, once a quarter, to then interpret all those metrics and say, look, you're very profitable, or wait, you're spending too much money, or maybe you're not charging enough. So if these expenses are necessary to deliver an exceptional remodel or deck or fence, you're going to have to start charging a little bit more even though you want to win the bid because you've got the low price. Sue could give that kind of guidance to Jane, so Jane could give some feedback to John, or maybe Jane and John are sitting down together with Sue getting this feedback from their bookkeeping. The other way that Sue could be a guide to John and Jane is she could just say, look, I mean, unless you really like doing your bookkeeping, your business could probably afford to hire me to just do this for you. So, Jane, I'm going to show you how to send me this information so that I can put it into QuickBooks for you. Just, you know, provide me with this information once a week, once a month, and I will put everything into QuickBooks the way that it needs to be, and then we'll meet once a month, once a quarter, or, you know, whatever the whatever the timing necessary is, and then we'll go over taxes, we'll go over profitability, we're go, we'll go over whether or not, you know, you have the margins to be able to bring in employees so that John's not doing everything himself. And then Jane and John can confidently feel like they can grow their business. So they're going out into the world being strong, confident business people. And if they don't have Sue's help, they might go out of business in their first year or in their first five years. Because maybe uh, Jane can can keep all the details together for the first year or two, but then it begins, especially if they start impl- hiring employees and then there's payroll and there's, you know, it gets too overwhelming. And they just go out of business if they if they don't learn what they're doing quick enough and fast enough. And maybe Jane is way too busy being um, a mom and doing all the other things that she does as a household manager. But if they have Sue, the bookkeeper's help, they'll go on to grow their business to one of the top contractors in the area. They will employ people and give them jobs, which will help them to provide for their families. They will um, remodel and beautify homes and neighborhoods all over the Willamette Valley. That's happened to be where, I, where I'm located at. So is that a great story? So if you see in this story, now that's a long story, but that's the big picture that Sue the bookkeeper needs to get in her mind. 
So she's going to condense it into a really short elevator elevator pitch or a 55-second um, conversation or, or um, short story that she gets to tell at her B&I meeting. She might get up at B&I and say, a good referral for me today is uh, John and Jane who have a contractor business. John decided to start his contractor business um, about a year ago, and because Jane is his wife and they feel like they can't really afford to hire a bookkeeper, Jane gets to do the bookkeeping. But she doesn't really know what she's doing, and she's kind of feeling overwhelmed. And if you know somebody like John and Jane that has a new business and they want to um, know if they're profitable and manage their taxes and be ready for tax time, have them call me, Sue the Bookkeeper, and I can help them. Okay, so that's one short commercial. I didn't time myself, so it might be longer than 55 seconds, but you get the idea. Or she might say, a good referral for me today is John and Jane, and they've had their business, their construction business, for, uh, they, they just had their first year anniversary, and their CPA told them that they would have been able to save a lot of money in taxes if they would have coded their transactions properly, and maybe they could have invested a little more money in their business and wrote it off as an expense um, if they would have known ahead of time where they stood with their income and expenses and they would be able to pay the IRS less money. If you know someone like that, have them give me a call, Sue the bookkeeper. Okay, so you get the idea. She could also take that same short commercial and do her social media. So she might find a picture of a contractor or maybe a, a woman sitting by her computer and you know maybe you know do a collage with the picture together and say, um, uh, I work with um, uh, uh, contractors who are husband and wife teams that own the business where the husband is doing the field work and the wife is managing the books and she's not sure if she's coding things properly or if she's prepared for tax season, and they want to make sure they're not paying too much in taxes. If you know someone like that, refer them to me, Sue the Bookkeeper. So you can build the message off of the challenges that your hero, your customer has, and the guidance you can provide. So you can even go to the end of the story and say, I am looking for... Uh, John and Jane, they just started their contractor business or maybe they've had their contractor's business for five years and they would like to grow it into the, you know, one of the top um, home remodelers in the area. But they need to um, better manage their pricing structure so they know if they're charging enough to be able to hire employees and to get the job done uh, with excellence and have happy customers. I can help them manage all of that and decide whether or not they're charging too much or not enough to be able to deliver the quality of service and hire employees as they grow their business. If you know anyone like that, have them call me, Sue, the bookkeeper. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to say it, but that brief storyline, those seven elements, you've got the person who starts their business and the wife that's helping with the bookkeeping, and along comes Sue, the bookkeeper, and she's either going to set up the bookkeeping or do it for them. And then John and Jane can grow their business and be the best in the valley, or they can go out of business in a short amount of time because 
they don't know enough about what they're doing because there's a lot to know. But she could apply that to many different types of businesses. She could apply that to uh, a salon owner who has a business. And maybe she's doing the bookkeeping herself, or maybe she has her high school student doing it, or maybe she has a friend doing the bookkeeping, or maybe... But you identify the problem, and so the, the, the challenge. And the goal is to build a thriving salon where many uh, people in the community come and have their hair styled. And it's lots of word-of-mouth referrals to this salon because it's amazing. But without good bookkeeping, they might not be charging enough money or they might be charging too much money or they might need to bring in additional stylists and can they afford it and what if they get fined and penalized by the IRS because they're not managing things properly? That could put them out of business. And then there goes the wonderful, you know, highly popular salon in the valley. But Sue the bookkeeper could help them. So... All of this to say that if you identify your ideal market and the challenges that they're facing, the external challenges, their internal challenges, and their philosophical challenges, you identify in your marketing message yourself as the guide. I've been there before. I know the stuff that you're missing, and I can help you reach your goals of being the best of winning, of getting to where you want to go. In the Star Wars example, defeating the rebellion. In the Hunger Games example, in winning the Hunger Games and not being killed. That's the basic element. So no matter what your business is, you might say, I can do business with everybody. So Sue, the bookkeeper, could say, I could do business with anybody that has a small business. So she might even be saying, okay, I do business with small business owners. Well, how small? Well, they're small enough that they don't have a bookkeeper on staff. Okay, so I don't know what that, you know, 50 employees or less or 10 employees or less. Um, but she might specialize in a particular type of business. She might specialize with contractors. She might specialize in retail because she'll be able to give some guidance based on that specialty knowledge that she has on how they can grow their profitability, reduce their expenses, and reduce their taxable income. And if she identifies herself as, let's say, somebody who works with contractors, she works with home remodelers, plumbers, electricians, and roofers. Who do you think is going to turn their head when she shares the message? Versus, I can do bookkeeping for any small business. Most of us are going to say, I can do it myself. It's fine. But she says, I, I work with home remodelers, and I help them to reduce or control their expenses, grow their business, payroll done correctly on time, reduce or eliminate penalties by the IRS, and minimize their taxable income and be ready for their CPA at the end of the year. I'm guessing you're going to have a couple of home remodelers turn their head because in the back of their mind, it's their taxes that are keeping them awake at night. Oh, my gosh. It's almost the end of the year. What are we going to do? And if we made too much money, and should I spend money so that I don't have to give too much money for the, to the IRS? Okay. So I'm going to rein this back in. 
as you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to my stories, what can you do? So I want to recommend that you look up Donald Miller's book, Building a Story Brand. First of all, get the book. I I don't get anything out of that. There's no affiliate income. I just happen to think he has an extraordinary tool. So get the book. Get it on Audible. Get it on Kindle. Get the paperback. Read it. Underline it. Highlight it. And then if you go to his website in bonuses, you can download a worksheet. And it's called the SB7 worksheet. You can download it and print it. And it's this beautiful, um, well, I think it's beautiful. It, it's actually pretty pretty basic, but I think it's very elegant and simple in the way it's laid out. Um, it's a one-page brand script. So you've got the character, which is your customer. What do they want? They want to build a thriving, successful business so that they can provide for their families. In your case, if it was a salon, uh, my customer is somebody who is a um, is a, a busy professional woman who wants her hair to look attractive so that if she goes out personally or professionally, she makes an impression on the people around her to accomplish her goals. Okay, So, you know, it depends on the kind of business that you have as to what your customer wants. Who are they? What do they want? What do you offer? Or what are the challenges that they face? Like with me, you know, in finding a hairstylist, I um, I used to go to a different stylist every time I got my hair done because I didn't like the way the last person did it. So I would just go try a new one until I found one that I really loved and I've been going to her for the last eight years. And that's what happens when you as the guide offer something that the customer is looking for. She, my hairstylist, solved my problem. Why should I go anywhere else? She's my guide to looking beautiful. She she recommends things all the time. So you want to take this printed SB7 worksheet, SB7 framework, you lay it out and you write it out. Now you might have multiple uh, ideal customers. So you might have, you know, like in the case of um, Sue the bookkeeper, she works with contractors, she works with home remodelers, well, maybe she also works with um, consultants. She could draw a storyline around that and speak to some of, I mean, some of the things that she offers are going to be the same, but she's going to formulate the message so that it, um, so that it matches the conversation that's happening in her customer's head. And if, she, if you don't know what that is, sit down and have a conversation with somebody who you think might be your ideal customer. So she might sit down with a home remodeler and say, so, um, you know, would you mind letting me interview you and and hearing about the challenges you face with your books, keeping your books, and in a perfect world, what what, what would a solution look like for you? And just let them describe it. And then use that language to describe the problem and the solution and how you can provide it in your marketing message. Um, Amy Porterfield has a great podcast, which, again, I didn't write down, but if you just look up Amy Amy Porterfield, Online Marketing Made Easy, you'll find her podcast, and she talks about um, doing an interview with the ideal customer avatar. You could probably even do a a search online and find the the blog post that goes with that episode. 
um, because your customer will tell you exactly what they're looking for, or your prospect will tell you exactly what they're looking for. This is my problem. This is what I wish I had to solve it. And then you having you having the product or service that can actually deliver on that, then now you have the language to communicate to your ideal market on all the platforms, whether it be in person, in an elevator, at a B&I meeting, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and each platform has its own um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It has its own availability. So on Twitter, it's only 140 characters, but on you know, and, and in a BNI meeting, it's 55 seconds. But if you sit down and have a, a, a half an hour coffee meeting with somebody, you can use more words and use more time. But obviously, you don't want to talk all about yourself. You want to hear from them. But you can modulate your message depending on the environment and the platform. But you first have to understand it to know how to modulate it. Okay? So, I am Melody Campbell the small business guru, and I am going to wrap this message up because I think it's gone on quite long enough. Um, if you are a new business, I will help you get set up and manage the five most important factors that help your business get found online by your ideal prospect. So if you're new in business and you don't know, do I need social media? Do I need a website? What, what do I need? You know, so people can find me. Like I could go out all day and night and network and prospect and cold call and send emails, but people are ignoring me. So how do I get found online? There are five important factors, and these aren't necessarily the, my the, my five metrics for getting your message out to your market. There there are five tasks that you need to do to get in front of your market. I'm not going to go over those now. We'll cover those in another episode. So if you're a new business. Or maybe you're a business that's been in business a while and you're not getting business from your online presence. Like you have a website, you have social media, maybe you're not super active on it, but you'd like to see more business coming in, like on its own, where people say, hey, I found you online, can you do X, Y, and Z for me? I saw you in social media, can you, you know, build my deck or fix my fence, or fix my hair, whatever your business happens to be. If you want to know how to make that happen online, whether you're asleep or awake, it just happens automatically. The people who need your products and services come looking for you. I will help you take your offline strategies that maybe you're using that are working. So maybe you're cold calling, or maybe you're running ads in print or billboards, all those strategies that are working will duplicate and improve the process so that you can attract and convert leads with your online presence. So you can find me at thesmallbusinessguru.com. You can look for me as Melody Campbell, the small business guru in social media. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And together, with me as your guide, Let's create an online presence that brings you new business and new leads all day, every day. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. I'm Melody Campbell, the small business guru. I am your guide to get more business. You have been listening to the Get More Business Show. I'm your host, Melody Campbell. The Get More Business Show is brought to you by 
thesmallbusinessguru.com, a full-service digital marketing agency. Weekly episodes with show notes can be found at thesmallbusinessguru.com forward slash podcast. I hope you join me again next week.